Welcome to the Adaptable Podcast. We're your hosts, Morgan, Anna, Claire, a group of physical therapists and student physical therapists who are dedicated to building a community and breaking down barriers for individuals with disabilities and chronic illnesses who are or want to become a part of our profession. Join us as we embark on this journey and get to know some incredible individuals along the way. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Adaptable Podcast. Today, we have a special guest with us. So we have Andrea Allen. She is one of my besties, and she is currently a travel therapist. So we're excited to have you, Andrea. Tell us a little bit about yourself. So I am a baby PT. I've been doing physical therapy since August and right out of school I started with travel therapy which is sometimes not always recommended but I did it and it's been fun Um, and so I've had three different assignments so far they've all been in your skilled nursing facility settings Um, the first one was in Enid Oklahoma I was there for four months Um, The second one was in Lumberton, North Carolina, and I was there for three weeks. And then my one I'm in now is in Colorado, and let me say it's beautiful here. Love it. So what got you interested in PT in the first place? So when I was in high school, I had a good friend of mine who was in a bad car wreck, and she ended up having to do physical therapy while she was in the hospital and her mom recorded some of her therapy sessions. Um, And so I got to see how they took parts of her life that were important to her and made sure that in therapy, they were incorporating those and making it very personal to her. And then I had my grandpa who needed therapy. So seeing the home health aspect of therapy too. So getting to see therapy in different lights. Um, Growing up, I was never really like injured enough to need therapy. So my experience with physical therapy was seeing how the therapists impacted people I loved. So that's kind of how I got started in therapy. I like, I like it. So tell me a little bit about like your journey getting into PT school and then going through PT school. So I guess I, let's just start off with saying I have anxiety and depression and I have dealt with it a lot longer than I thought, like my big, like starting on medications and seeing a counselor that all start like happened in PT school. Um, but looking back, you know, I've always been a perfectionist, always have to get good grades. I went through multiple friend groups when I was younger, I would essentially let my friends, they wouldn't treat me very well what I thought, but I just kind of let it blow over until I had enough. And then there was a big blowout. This happened several times until I came to this 
not true, but this realization of it was me. I was the problem in all these fun groups. This is kind of how it like started with my anxiety. So I, you know, got into PT school through our college's early commit program. Um, So I didn't really have to interview. I didn't have to compete for a spot. Like as long as I kept my grades up and all that stuff, like I had the spot in the PT program. And so that was really like stress-free for me. I was like, yes, I'm going to do this. Um, So then entering into PT school, having several professors, but one in particular, particular who was very intimidating and me not having very much confidence, like this was, it was a disaster for me. Um, Being in practicals, my hands were shaking, my heart was racing. Like if I thought I did something that was just like awful, like he's definitely going to fail me in this practical, like I'd just start crying. Like it was very, very stressful for me. Um, And I mean, I just didn't really do any of it besides like the crying and then running to my car or like going home and just laying in bed and crying. Like that's, that's how I handled the stuff. And then in my second semester, I ended up breaking up with my ex who that whole relationship caused a lot of poor self-talk and I went into this deep depression and that breakup happened at like the beginning of the semester it wasn't even till midway through the semester that my mom kind of noticed like something was going on and so she took me to the doctor um, and I was put on two different medications to help with my anxiety and depression and my sleep. Um, That whole semester of PT school, I was really just a shell of myself. I don't actually remember learning anything I was supposed to learn that semester. Like I had to go back and relearn it for next classes. And it wasn't even till the end of the semester that I told my roommate and one of the awesome hosts of this podcast, Claire, um, what was going on and that I needed her to walk me to the counselor's office to make sure that I actually went into the counselor's office. So that was my, you know, oh gosh, like I actually have anxiety and depression and PT school is not great and so you know started going to the counselor taking my meds everything was going good um we went to csm and that yes that was in washington dc that year and i had you know found my tribe which included claire and a couple of the girls in my um, class and so you know doing really well went to csm And before going to CSM, I was like, you know, I'm going to go to PT school. I'm going to become a therapist. I'm going to go back home and I'm going to be a therapist in my hometown. And that's what I'm doing with my life. And after CSM, I was like, maybe I'll do therapist without borders and go to Africa. And so that kind of started the whole like, well, maybe I'll become a travel therapist. 
And so, you know, me and I'm really good spot. And then it was right before we went out to our second round of clinicals after our second year that I had an encounter with a professor that caused a very major panic attack. One of those that like can't breathe. I'm literally laying like curled up on the floor in a ball and like freaking out. Um, And then this caused a lot of doubt in all my professor's eyes of whether or not I would be able to be a therapist. Like if she can't handle like questions and stuff from a professor, then how is she gonna do, like how is she going to interact with patients? Um, So this started me having to do like remedial sessions with professors and then setting up different practical applications of me practicing interacting with patients. Um, This also, I had to do like an extra three week clinical. So there was three weeks in between the end of the semester and the beginning of our summer clinical um, where all my classmates got to go home or go on vacation. And I had to stay at school and do, um, I went into a local clinic and basically did an extra three weeks in the clinic just to make sure and basically prove to my professors that I was ready to go out into the clinic. I, you know, ended up doing fine and going to my different clinical settings that I wanted to go to because originally they're like, oh, well, you have to be within an hour of the school. And so they could like keep track of me and make sure I was doing okay, which I never had any issues in the clinic. Like the clinic is where I shined. It's And so there was never any point from my perspective I was ever going to have a panic attack or anything like that in the clinic. Yeah, I mean, I remember all through school, like like in clinical um, procedures classes or in lab practicals, like you were still able to function and get through. And half the time you would say and know things that I'm just sitting over here going, I totally didn't make that connection. (laughs) Like, oh, I learned something today. (laughs) So it always kind of surprised me that those conclusions were jumped to. But kind of going back to, you know, you were talking about how, you know, you hadn't told me really that you were going through everything. And, you know, we, we did, we walked together to the counselor's office that first day. Like, I think that's one thing that we still kind of struggle with as a society, even as a profession is that stigma that goes against people who struggle with anxiety or depression and need to go talk to a counselor. So like, what advice would you have for a student or a classmate um, who sees a friend who may be struggling to help them feel more comfortable in going and seeking out help from a counselor or a therapist? So first, you know, building that relationship with your classmate or your friend and being able to recognize, oh, okay, so they are in a panic and in a spiral. And this spiral is all these 
thoughts of like, I can't do this. I'm worthless. I knowing that they're in this spiral and then being there and being supportive and knowing that like there is this stigma and so knowing that they probably don't want to go talk to a random stranger about their problems um and so maybe like you're that first step maybe they've never opened up to anybody about their problems before and just being there and being supportive um people who have anxiety and depression or just any mental health issues, they don't always want your advice. They just want someone to listen to them. Um, And so being that first step and, you know, hearing their story and hearing their problems and then not making it weird and not being like, oh, this is a little bit more than I can handle. Like you are kind of crazy. Like that is the opposite reaction anybody wants. And that could turn somebody away from seeking actual professional help. So a lot of the times, you know, when that person first opens up to you, like you yourself staying calm and just listening and being like, okay, what else can I do for you? and asking them what they need. And then maybe eventually, you know, suggesting, you know, going to the counselor and then, okay, how do I need to help you with that? So I asked Claire, I was like, you need to walk me to the door and make sure I go in and stay there. And so it may be, you know, driving that person there or anything like that. Love it. So have you like noticed that you've been able to use your knowledge of like, you know, the inner workings of depression and anxiety in the clinic? Yes. So I, you know, I've had several patients who their diagnosis said anxiety, depression, all that stuff. So when I see that before I even see the patient, I'm like, oh, okay. So the way I approach this person has to be a little bit different than anybody else. So I have this one patient right now who the first day walked in and I don't think anxiety or depression was on her medical diagnosis. Walked in was like, Hey, I'm therapy. She like broke down crying. And I was like, Oh goodness. Like, what did I say? Uh, What did I do? And it was really just like this change of nobody had told her therapy was coming to see her. And so now going forward, if there's any change in scheduling or like I work on Monday through Thursday's schedule, but this patient is on the schedule for Monday through Friday. So on Friday, a different therapist sees her. And so I like warn her every Thursday, okay, I'm going to see you next Monday and somebody else is seeing you tomorrow. And so that way she's prepared for that change. Um, So that's just kind of how I work. Also learning and counseling myself, the importance of a four count breath of 
breathing in for four counts, holding it, and then slowly releasing it has actually helped me not only with patients who have anxiety, but in this world we're living now with COVID and it being a respiratory thing. I, you know, had a patient who was in respiratory distress and I immediately was able to jump in and start talking them through a four count breath and things automatically calmed down. And so like all the nursing staff that was around me trying to work with this patient was like, oh, wow, like that was really good. Like we need to do that more. And I was like, it wasn't anything that I learned in PT school. It was with my counselor. So being able to do that with patients is just really eye-opening that, yes, I had this, you know, I have anxiety. I've been through some rough things, but being able to take those and apply them and see how much I've grown. Yes, definitely. I'm super proud of you because like just knowing you in undergrad, I would not have pegged you as somebody who would automatically just go straight into like travel therapy. You know, you were just always this more quiet, more timid human being. And I love that about you. But I was like, I did not imagine you doing travel. And so you're you're not the only one. No, I know a lot of people were like, wait, travel? (laughs) Because in one of our classes at the end of the year, teacher had us write these notes and the resounding message from every, like all my classmates writing on this card was, you know, you've gained so much confidence, you've come out of your shell. And so, yeah, when I kind of announced that I was doing travel therapy, everybody was like, oh, oh, okay, really? All right. So it was, it was very comical on my end of seeing all these reactions of, you know, people are like, (laughs) that is not what I pegged you doing in the physical therapy world, so. Anna, do you have some more questions for Andrea? I do. So how can we create systemic change within our profession and get educators and clinicians to approach mental health of our own? So like our PTs and SPTs. So how can we create that systemic change that really we see needs to happen just I guess more people talking about it so it has been this big stigma thing all along and so now just getting people talking about mental health and how yes I am a medical professional but I'm a person too and I'm I have all these issues and different things that I need to work on. And just because I'm a medical professional doesn't mean it doesn't, like, I don't have that. Um, Our career is an emotional one. Like we deal with people with all of these different diseases and disabilities that, you know, take an emotional toll on us as well, especially now with COVID, like 
it's an emotional job. It is draining. And so just accepting. And if somebody's like, yeah, I have anxiety. I go to see a counselor be like, oh, that's cool. Like, okay. And not thinking of that person any differently or treating them any differently. Just because I have anxiety and depression, you can't always physically see it doesn't mean that it's not real and just being accepting of that. Absolutely. And I think that in general is just something that we've been trying to drive over and over and over again with our kind of patients can or providers can be patients too. Um, And that's in any realm physical, mental, um, but I love it. I've learned so much today. Yeah, so this has been fun getting to share my story. And also it's kind of been like a reflection for me of how far I've come. Um, I was talking with Claire earlier. It's not that I've done a 180, I've done a 540. Like I have gone from this completely like poor self-talk, no confidence, like just a shell of what I am now. And now I'm, you know, essentially in new cities by myself and learning to meet new people and talk to random strangers, even in this pandemic world we're living in. Um and being okay and not having a panic attack about it. So it's been really eye-opening for me to see, like look back and recognize how far I've come. And yeah, so this has been fun. This has definitely been fun. So if a listener is like, hey, I, I really like, identify with what Andrea has been talking about today how could they reach out to you and just have a chat so I'm on Instagram and Facebook Um, my Instagram name is Andrea Allen underscore and then just Andrea Allen on Facebook and then if you want to email me it's andrea.allen3302 at gmail.com And because a bunch of people have issues with my name, it's A-U-N-D-R-E-A. And that's how I spell Andrea. (laughs) I bet you you get, in fact, I know you do. Uh, It was pretty comical watching how people at Starbucks would spell your name over the past three, four years. Yeah, that was pretty comical. Yes. (laughs) I have gotten, you know, Andrea, Andrea one point I got Adriana and I'm like I don't even know how you got that one but yeah well we'll make sure that we put the email and your Instagram handle and stuff on the description for the podcast episode so people can easily find it and we'll be good I'm good yeah all right we hope you guys enjoyed this episode and we will see you next week Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of The Adaptable Podcast. If you liked today's episode and want to learn more or be a part of the conversation, 
You can check us out on our Instagram or Facebook group linked in the description below. You can also contact us via email at theadaptablepodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to chat with you. Thanks for tuning in and we look forward to hanging out with you next week.